You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. Okay, so tonight, uh, this is a quick word, conveniently enough, the Lord knew we'd be late in a board meeting. Um, But I was thinking this week that we need to, you know, and just thinking about all the things that the Lord is working, all the things that He's he's said that this church is going to be a part of, all the things that He's equipped us to be a part of, and that he was, he was just telling me this as I was driving. We need to be actively looking for opportunities to serve. Like, of course, if we, if we see a need, we feel the need. We, we see it, we're, we're a part of it. And I thought to myself, I said, you know, we need to have a servant's mentality towards sundown. And he stopped me right then and there and started teaching me some stuff. And it's a very common language um, to say that we need to have a servant's mentality in church. That's a very common thing that we've heard that, and that's just really, really wrong. From what I found, that's very, very wrong. And so we're going to look at why, and we're going to look at the actual mentality we need to have. We need to be desiring to serve our community and the people around us, but not with a servant's heart, not with a servant's mentality. Because a servant does not know what his master is doing. Just like John 15, 15 says, No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. He called us friends. We are sons and daughters. Real quick, Romans eight seventeen. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with Him in order that we may also be glorified in Him. We are Co-heirs to the kingdom of heaven. There's no servants anything in us anymore. There's no, there's no trace of a servant in us. But what there is a trace of is a friend. What the Lord has called us to be is friends. We are to be friends to the people around us, to the community around us. And there's something so beautiful about a friend serving the person next to him versus a servant person serving the person next to him. Jesus called us friends. He laid his life down for his friends. We talked about it Sunday. He called us friends in the midst of our sin and still laid his life down for us, knowing what we would do against him in our life here on this earth. And he still, at that point in time, called us friends. Still to this day, calls us friends. So we see this this love. We see this, this pursuit. We see this serving of those around, seeing those around is greater than oneself, but not from a servant's mentality, from a friend's mentality. And so I think it's important for us to look at what a friend is. What do we find it to be in the Bible? If you have a Bible, go ahead and go to Ecclesiastes. We'll be in verse, or chapter 4. Chapter 4, verse 9. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord 
is not quickly broken. Okay? A friend naturally serves his friends because it's the desire of his heart to see them lifted up. It's the desire of his heart to see them put before him, to see, to see them uh, succeed in their own story. It's, it's the desire of his heart for them to be lifted up. It's the desire of a friend to be selfless. It's not hard for us in here to think of those friends that we have. I mean, I'm looking at two of them right there together. You guys don't have any problem calling each other for help. Or, or not even calling, but seeing a need and then having every desire to meet that need for that friend. And that's the mentality we need to have towards our community. We need to see these people as friends. Just as Jesus, we didn't know Him we weren't walking with him right then and there when he walked to the cross and died on the cross. We weren't physically there, but he knew us. He was thinking of us, and he still called us friends. And so we don't know, have to know physically everybody. We don't have to have a relationship with everybody outside of these doors for us to see them as a friend, for us to see them as the Father sees them and as the Son of God sees them. And what we know about that is that he sees them as friends and we know the standard in which he treats his friends and what he will do for his friends. And that's how we serve this community. It's not with a servant's mentality, but it's with sons and daughters of the kingdom of heaven looking at them as friends, as those that we desire to walk alongside. Uh, Proverbs, this is just some fun stuff about, about friends. Proverbs seventeen seventeen. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. You guys know those friends that you've walked with through tough times, they, they're just different. A friend doesn't really capture who they are to you when you've had a friend that's walked with you through a difficult circumstance, through a difficult trial. That's just a different type. That is a brother, that is a sister, that's, that's not just a friend anymore. And we get to be that, the Lord has called us that we get to be those people. Because there's not a lot of people that we're going to encounter in this kindness that are not going through hard and adverse times. He's called us to be kindness for a reason. Because, and, I mean, look, at, turn on the news. There's not a lot of great things going on. People are struggling. Even in our community, we know people that are out of the job, that are, that are struggling to pay bills, that are having hard situations, that are having difficulties with... Uh, you know, spousal relations or family, different things like that. We know these things are happening within our own tiny little community. And the Lord has called us to be kindness. He's called us to be friends that would see them and step in with them. And that's what intercession is at the same time. He's called us to be intercessors. An intercessor stands in the gap for these people. We see where they're hurting. We see where they're struggling. We stand in there with them and we begin to intercede and intervene on their behalf. That's what Jesus did. Jesus was the greatest intercessor. He saw our need. He saw the circumstance and the reality of our sin and where that was taking, taking us. And He interceded. He intervened. He stood in the gap where we could not. And He paid the price that we could not. And we get to be that. We get to be Jesus to the people around us. But if we simply look at it as, I'm a, I'm a servant here to serve, you miss it. You're a friend that gets the opportunity to serve. You're a friend that gets the opportunity to see someone that you do not know, but decide, I'm going to stand in the gap for this person. And that's the beautiful thing about a friend. It's always a choice. A servant has no choice. 
Friend, it's a choice. And what love is felt when you're going through something and you haven't asked for help and someone shows up. And just very clearly, they've made the choice that I saw that you were in need and I, I chose to come and help. That's a great feeling, is it not? That's a wonderful feeling when you know someone chose you over something else. They chose to be with you in a difficult time. That's what a friend is and that's what we get to be. What a blessing, what an honor that the Lord would say that we get to be the friends to this community, that we get to see hard times and we get to be the ones that say, I'm going to go, I'm going to insert myself there. I'm going to stand in the gap with this person here. Not because they've asked me to, not because I have to, because I desire that. I desire for their life to know Jesus. I desire for their life to go from glory to glory to glory ever increasing. And so I'm going to do what I can to make sure that that's, that's happening. And Job 6.14 says, He who withholds kindness from a friend forsakes the fear of the Almighty. Kindness and friend. Two things the Lord has spoken over us. And kindness and a friend, they, they go together. They exist together. And so He's called us to be friends to our community community as he was friends to us. John 15, verse 12. Again, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends For all that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. And we talked about, we talked about that this Sunday, how forgiveness, if we're to teach the world forgiveness, it must first exist in my own story between me and the Lord personally. And then where it needs to exist next is in the corporate body. That's where it needs to be seen next. Just as the church has taught the world how to not forgive, now we get the honor of teaching them how to forgive. And it's the same way. We've we've got to find ourselves before the Lord a friend with God. A friend with God and Him, a friend to us. And all of the testimony, there's not a single one of us sitting here that can look back on our life and not say that God has absolutely proven to be my friend. And if you think you have a hard time, let's just sit down and talk for about 10 minutes. And I bet by the end of those 10 minutes, you're going to have a different way of thinking. Because it's not going to be hard to point to the absolute fact that God has been a friend to you. And then we, for some reason, He wants to be friends with us. He desires to be friends with us. He did not just simply make us for the sake of making us. He desired community with His creation. He desired fellowship with His creation. He wants to be a friend to us and He desires for us to be a friend back. And then if that's found true, then what needs to happen next is that the world needs to be able to look at the church. This community needs to be able to look at the people who gather in this house and say, "That's that's just a group of friends. That's a group of people that will lay down their lives for each other. That needs to be found in us. Because the thing that the Lord is wanting to do is, 
And in this forgiveness kind of building off of Sundays, he is wanting to remove the division that the church has helped create. The lines that the church has helped draw. But when we insert ourselves into situations, not because we've been asked, but because we want to, we're removing lines. We're removing, well, we step into a house because we live in a nice home, but we step into a hard place and a rundown place, not because we need to or we feel like we're supposed to, but because we desire to go to that place where this, this family resides and we desire to love on them in that place, lines are breaking down. Walls are breaking down that the world would seek to put up and have established. So that needs to be found not only with our relationship and first and foremost with our relationship with God that we recognize and receive the truth that He is a friend to me and I am a friend back to Him. I love listening to Graham Cook. And I know, uh, I think all of us in here got to go to Graham Cook when he was here in Lubbock. You missed out, guys. It was crazy. I've never heard someone that had such a friendship with God. But you listen to him talk and you're like, this dude's he's, he's really God's friend. Like, not... It's not just a thing that he says because it's encouraging or it's found in Scripture. This guy is actually God's friend. He pours him a cup of coffee every morning and sits down at the table. And it's the first person he talks to every day is God. But he talks to him like it's... He talks to him in the reality that we should all... That he's right here with me. I can't see him, but I know he's there. We know the evidence of God when he's present. And he's always present. The beauty, the beauty of his design is that we never go anywhere where he's not present with us. But you just hear him talk about this friendship with God. And then you look at what the Lord is doing through his life. And it's profound. And it, it's exciting to see what comes from this friendship. And then if all of us that gather in this building have this deep friendship with God. Not just relationship, but friendship with God. And think about your best friend and then now attribute, now tie that to God. And say, okay, I want to have that same kind of friendship but with my Creator. Then what does that look like when that group of people meet under one roof that are all friends with God, best friends with God, and they have this, they have inside jokes. They have, I mean, I don't know if you know what it's like to laugh with God, but it's a ton of fun. And there are stories that, no one knows but me and God. And I've heard him make fun of me before. Not in a, not in a demeaning way, um, but just a thing happened and I could hear him laughing at me. And just an awesome, but he was my, he's my friend. Yeah, I know. It, it's just a part of friendship. We laugh at each other. We laugh with each other. It's fun. We enjoy each other's company. We're blessed by by just being around one another and we engage with one another. We have inside jokes. We have stories that are just between us that no one else knows. We get to have that with God. But then imagine what a group of people look like that live in one community and you're talking about hundreds of people that are friends to God and then are looking at their community in the same way the Lord looks at this community, in the same way that Jesus looked at us when He laid down His life. And we call that community friends our friends. What does that look like? What does the Lord build from that place? But it's so, so important that we don't look at it 
from a place of a servant's heart. I don't want to have a servant's heart. I want to have a friend's heart. Because a friend's heart is what Jesus faithfully and in obedience walked to the cross with. He had a friend's heart. He loved us as friends. He didn't only see us as co-heirs and as his brothers and sisters, but he saw us as his friends that he was so willing to lay down his life for. But also, he, was, he had such a deep friendship with God. That, God, I want your will. No matter my life, your will be done. He was friends with God. We see this interaction, this deep connection with God that he had throughout, throughout his time here on earth, this deep friendship that he had with God. When he's at the temple before he receives the Holy Spirit, and he's, he's talking about Scripture to these Pharisees, and he's teaching them, and he doesn't have the Holy Spirit yet. He's just a kid at the, at the temple steps, and he's, he's talking about God in a way that they've not heard. It's because he was a friend. He was not this high intellectual being that was far off and distant. He was his friend. And then he was teaching them about him. And then we see that throughout his story. And then he calls us friends. And now we get to call them friends. And so it's really exciting. And just lastly, in John 13, 34 through 35, this is the last commandment that he gives again. And this is the first time he gives it. Uh, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. It's our friendship to one another that tells the world who we belong to. And that's, that's the fun part. Because when was having a good friend a difficult thing? I love having good friends. It's hard to find but when you have a good friend, man, what a blessing that is. So fun. The stories that you have are just so enjoyable. You never sit there and think, oh man, I'm so sick of these dear friends. It's not a thought that comes through your head or come, words that come out of your mouth. You're delighted by your friends. You're, you're rejuvenated when you get time with these people that you know would lay down themselves for you. Will be where you need them to be without having to ask them to be there will see your need and will desire for them to get to be the ones to fill that need. And now we get to look at our community like that, in that same light with those same eyes, just as Jesus looked at us first. We get to receive that. We get to see Him back as that friend. And then we get to look at one another, the body of Christ, the church, this house. We get to see one another in that same way that Jesus saw us first. We get to see each other in that light as friends. And then we get to go live our life in this community. Looking at every stranger that we pass as a dear friend that we are willing to intercede on, on behalf of. We're, we're willing to, to see their difficult circumstances and come running in to help without any request. But to be there and to be present no matter what the personal cost, as long as we can be present in those places. That is exciting. And I just see him correcting a lot of things that have existed in the church. And it's important for us to recognize going forward. Because he's called us, he's appointed us and anointed us to be the ones that would teach the world of what, he's, what he desired it to always look like. What did the church look like in the Father's heart from the beginning? We know how we've messed it up, but what did it look like 
what does it look like now in his heart? We see this first, one of the first things he said was this forgiveness and, and, and this kindness and this active engagement. And then this other thing that he's just highlighted this week is that we would be friends to them, to the world around us. And so that's what the Lord has for us this week. And it's an exciting thing for me to change that perspective. It's so freeing for me because I didn't realize how I was just looking to be a servant. You realize, I, I recognize that I'm a son of God and I know who He calls me to be. I know my name. But I can still look at, oh, well, I'm going to go serve this person. And it's like, well, I, I want to have a servant's heart. Because that's what I've always heard. It's good to have that. The Lord just, nope. We're going to deal with that right now in the urgency in which He's working in this time. We're going to deal with that. Don't have a servant's heart. Have a friend's heart. Because Jesus is perfect theology and that's how He came. He came as a friend. He didn't come as a servant. He didn't come as this powerful king. He came as a friend. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.